the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, formerly Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Come with me to 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12 to 14. Now we have received, not the spirit of a world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things which are freely given to us by God. Which things also we speak. Somebody say, which things also we speak. Not in words, which man's wisdom teacheth, but with the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with what? Spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he, neither can he, neither can he. All right, so we said that now we have received not the spirit of a world, but the spirit of God that we might know. Somebody say, We might know. Say, We might know. We might know the things which are freely given to us by God. He said, but the natural man receiving all the things of the spirit of God, but he are foolishness for neither can he know them. In this book, we have established that there were three kinds of people. And there are three kinds of people. Somebody say three kinds of people. In the book of 1 Corinthians, when you read it, that's what you come up with. You realize that most of the time when you are reading the Bible, you do it in chapters, verses. But the Bible is a book. And if you really want to get the full content of a book, you don't read chapter 1, chapter 3, and then leave out the rest. You say, as for this book, I know it, but it's a lie. You won't know it. That is why the best way to know the Bible is not be using devotionals. The best way to know the Bible is to read the Bible yourself. Are you with me here? Read the Bible. Read the Bible. If you are young in the Lord, you can use this uh, daily power, daily guide, this rhapsody. All of those things are great. But you have to learn to read the Bible by yourself. It's a book. It's a book. And if you do those short, short, they say, what you are seeing is that you are only seeing some bits and pieces of it. You have to read the Bible yourself. Somebody say, I read the Bible. And I have told you, it's also one of those instructions I give. Some are working with it, others are not. And I trust that you will learn to work with it. I said that while I'm under this series, I want you to only limit your reading of the Bible to 1 Corinthians. Read it, the whole book, until I'm done with this series or until I suspend it. Read that book again and again, again and again. It will help deepen your understanding of the scriptures. Now, he says, the natural man. So we talked about the fact that there are three kinds of men. We have the natural man, we have the carnal man, and we have the spiritual man. Somebody say, the natural man, the spiritual man, and the carnal man. Now you know who those first two are. The natural man and the carnal man, you know them. Now I'm helping you to know the spiritual man. When we say somebody is a spiritual man, who is he? Is he somebody who walks quietly and piously? 
or somebody who has a lot of spiritual vocabulary. God! Abide Satan! No, it's good <laughs> to use some of those jargons. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you are spiritual. Or is it somebody who can shout? Pa? Some people, they can shout better than the gods of Ba. You know the prophets of Ba? They could shout, cut themselves, do all kinds of comedies. And yet there was no answer. <laughs> there was no connection. The sons of Skiba were also like that. So who is a spiritual man? We have all kinds of ideas in the book. The Corinthian people were supposed to be spiritual people, but they were not living as spiritual people. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 to 3, is there. Let's look at it. 1 Corinthians 3. He said, I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual. Somebody say spiritual. Uh-huh. I could not speak to you. The original text, you don't have people there. Sometimes, you see, when they are interpreting the Bible, the words they introduce to help you to be able to understand it. So, but he said, I could not speak to you as spiritual. You are a spirit being. I wanted to address you as spiritual, but I couldn't. I couldn't address you, but you are as carnal, you are as babes in Christ. Then verse 2, he says, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to bear it, and neither are you now able to do it. He said, verse 3, for you are still carnal, for where there are envy, somebody say envy, strife, divisions among you. Are you not carnal and are you not behaving as mere men? Did you see that? Now he says, you are spiritual people, but because you are not functioning like that, you are walking envy, division, confusion, all of those things. They are manifestations of carnality. He says, you are not behaving like yourself. It's like you meet uh, an adult who is sitting in the sun, playing in the sun. Immediately, you begin to think, what's wrong? Is that not what comes to your mind? Yeah. You meet a child who when they offer the child food, the child will set it aside. And, excuse me, rather would want to go and eat what has been offered to dogs. Immediately, something is wrong. Praise God. Yeah. He said, there is an evil which I've seen under the sun. I have seen princes walking and I've seen servants riding on horses. Are you with me here? Please follow what I'm teaching closely. And I pray that you stay away from it because you need it. All your problems in your work with God is hidden on this foundation. If you don't get this foundation right, you won't go far with God. You'll become susceptible to manipulation, to deception, and all kinds when you don't know these basics. Now, so we said that who is a spiritual man? We said that the spiritual man is one who is born again. Have you? Huh? Born again. And then allows the Holy Spirit to function in him. But there are many attributes of the spiritual man we see in the book of 1 Corinthians. Number one attribute we see is that he's a man of knowledge. He's a man of what? Say he's a man of knowledge. The spiritual man is a man of... Say I'm a man of knowledge. The spiritual man is a man of knowledge. He knows. He's not ignorant. He knows. And so they walk in freedom. It's as if nothing is wrong with them. It's as if what is a bother to people is not a bother to them. They walk with boldness. They talk some way. And sometimes when you hear them talk, it's as if the whole world is for them. Sometimes when you are not spiritual yourself and you hear them talk, 
They look some strange before you. They know who they are. You know, the Bible says you shall know the truth. And the truth shall what? Make you free. The reason why you are not free is because you don't know the truth. And I see you coming into the knowledge of the truth. So please get this straight. He knows there are many things a spiritual man knows. But there are three important things he knows that makes a difference in his life. One, he knows who he is in Christ. Somebody say, I know who I am in Christ. Say, I know who I am in Christ. Do you know who you are in Christ? Who are you in Christ? Who are you in Christ? Say it, I'm a child of God. Who are you in Christ? Good. Among many things, we talked about 10 things or so. He said, number one, I'm a new creation. Somebody say, I'm a new creation. Say, I'm a new creation. Number two, you are what? I'm a child of God. Number three, I'm righteous. Somebody say, I'm righteous. Say, I am righteous. Some of you, you can't still say it because you feel you are not righteous. It's not about how you feel. It's not about what you did. It's about who God has made you. Somebody say, I'm righteous. Say, I am righteous. You are. You are. Number four, who are you? Somebody say, I'm a saint. Have you heard people say, all of us are sinners? Sometimes you, you yourself, maybe before now, you used to say that of yourself. But that is not true. Some of us are saints. Somebody say, I'm a saint. Yeah, you are a saint. Do you do some things wrong or do you commit sin? Yeah, you may do one sin or the other. But when you sin, you are different from somebody who is not born again. Praise God. You are in Christ. And when you are in Christ, you are not described by what you do. You are described by where you are. Somebody didn't get what I said. You are not described by what you do. You are described by where you are. You are in Christ. And in Christ, there is no sin in Christ. Praise God. So in Christ, you are described as a saint. Somebody say, I'm a saint. The word saint simply means you are set apart for a special use. You are special. Somebody say, I'm special. Number four. Five. Yes. Somebody say, I'm redeemed. Say it aloud. I am redeemed. Do this. I am redeemed. You are redeemed. The word to be redeemed means to be free. You are free. You have been set free. Don't allow people to put you in bondage. Praise God. They come to you with all kinds of dreams and it keeps you in bondage. All kinds of, and it's not allowing you to, some of you have lost your peace because of something somebody told you. No, 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 no. I am redeemed. Somebody say, I am free. free. Number six. Who am I in Christ? I am free, right? Somebody say, I am free. free. Good. Who the son makes free is free in what? Why are you allowing somebody to put you in bondage? (laughs) The son has set you free. Who paid the price to set you free? Is it not Jesus? So why are you allowing people to put you in bondage? Paul said that he has called us into freedom. Let us not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Walk in freedom. I said, walk in freedom. Enjoy your freedom in Christ. Number seven. Somebody say, I'm chosen. Say it aloud. I am chosen. Go. You are chosen. 
In life, some people may not choose you. But you must understand that the most important person in the universe has chosen you. Somebody say, and amen. No, you, you didn't understand that. I said the most important person in the universe has chosen you. Praise God. That's what matters. That's what matters. There are some people, their opinion does not count. Their opinion does not what? Count at all. It doesn't matter. Thank you. That's Pastor Quintessential Pastor Champon for you. This man is a blessing. Praise God. He is one of those. Uh, I don't know why God. Uh, I know. <laughs> I know. I was about to say, I don't know why God blesses me with good people like that. But I know. Because I am chosen. Praise God. I am chosen. I'm chosen. I'm chosen. So good things come to me. Good things are coming to you. Praise God. Say, I am chosen. You apply for a visa, they don't give you. You are depressed. What we call you, Yumpik. You are doing all things. Ah, because U.S. people didn't choose you to give you a visa. You want to commit suicide. How are you thinking? How are you thinking? How are you thinking? God of the universe has chosen you. Amen. I mean, you <laughs> when President Akufuadu chooses you, and the MP for Inshiaesu uh, Coins 20, doesn't like you. Doesn't matter. No. Oh, talk to me. Doesn't matter. No. no, 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 no. You can even go ahead and call the bluff of him. I don't care who you are, whatever you say. I mean, the good books of the big man. Ah. <laughs> Am I communicating here? Yeah. You are in the good books of the Almighty. Yeah. Huh? Husband is giving you a hell, making you feel like you you are you are you are a worthless woman. Don't worry about him. He's not seeing correctly. When his eyes open, he will know that you are a chosen and precious asset. Yeah. That's key. Number eight. Somebody say, I'm an heir. And joint heirs with Christ. You are not destitute. Somebody say, I'm not destitute. You are an heir. Now, 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 when you are an heir, it's, it's too deep. When you are an heir, when they say, uh, I want you to be an heir of my estate. Me, I will not just say amen. Thank you for your amen. But I will not just say amen. I want to know what is in your estate. Praise God. Yeah, if you say you want to make me an heir, and all that is in your name, is at a Kwame building, in your village, Please, thank you very much for your kind concern, but I don't like it. Keep it to yourself. It's the person whose estate you are becoming an heir of that matters. Do you know that your father owns the universe? Praise God. The Bible said the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And you are an heir of Christ and joint heir with God. Now, when you are a joint heir, it means that whatever you owe, he also owns Anything that Christ has, you have. You are blessed. I am, somebody say I'm an overcomer. Now listen, 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 you see. You have to keep on hearing this again and again, again and again, until it becomes your natural response. When you have been bad for a long time, and you stop being bad, when they mention bad boys, you can easily think about yourself as well. 
You are not a bad person anymore. But you can easily think. Where is that thinking from? It's your mind. So when you are being in the word as a sinner before, when you come into Christ, you need to consciously allow what God says you are to form your thinking so that you cannot even think anymore about where you used to be. Are you with me here? Okay, number 10. Say, I'm more than a conqueror. Do you see yourself as more than a conqueror? a believer, the little challenge, they break down. Sir, I don't know what to do. I want to commit suicide. No. You are more than a conqueror over suicide. Rotanism. The exam beat you or you beat it. Get up. You are more than a conqueror. Am I communicating here? I'm more than a conqueror. Listen, it is today you are beating me. I'm coming back. And when I come back, I will deal with you so that you will know that I'm more than a conqueror. Somebody say, I'm more than a conqueror. In Christ, you are more than a conqueror. You started a business and it failed. Don't see yourself as a failure. Tell your business. Business, I'm more than a conqueror. Today, you have failed me. Tomorrow, I will conquer you. Praise the Lord. That's key. That's where it starts from. Because when you know who you are, we say that it affects your relationship with God. Number one, right? Your relationship with who? God. Your relationship with who? God. Number two, it affects your relationship with, with yourself. It affects your relationship with what? It affects your relationship with the devil and it affects your relationship with others. Do you know people who are suspicious? It's because they are suspicious of themselves. People who don't love others is because they don't love themselves. By the grace of God, I bless people with all kinds of gifts. But any gift I'm about to give to someone, I always make sure that it's a gift that I myself I like. Because I love myself. I give myself the best. So I give others the best of myself. You cannot do that. You have to know that. Today, our focus, apart from knowing who he is, he also knows what he has. Somebody say he knows what he has. And he lives in the consciousness of the same. You must not just know who you are. You must know what you have. Know what you have. Somebody say, I know what I have. By the time this service is over, you will know what you have. I said, by the time this service is over, you will know what you have. Many people go begging because they don't know what they have. When you don't know what you have, you go begging, 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 begging. A widow cried unto the prophet. He said, hey, prophet, I'm doomed. Then the prophet said, you see, see the way you are talking. The reason why you are doomed is because you are saying so. And the reason why you are saying so is because you don't know what you have. He said, what do you have in your house? What do you have? As I'm speaking, what do you have in your house? He said, I have uh, just a little. He said, that's all. Don't give me how much it is. I said, what do you have? Let me tell you, eh? Great doors can open for you. But if you don't know, there are people that sometimes, some, God sends a great person into their lives. A man to love them. And they, they, they can't they can appreciate the Father God who give them somebody nice like this. I'm not deserving. There are people walking up and said, they are not expecting anything good because they don't think that they deserve anything good. What do you have? What do you have? What do you, you have to know what you have. Somebody say, I know what I have. 
I'm going to be sharing with you in this about 10 to 12 things. Not today. I'm just that today. I'll just do two. Things you have in Christ that you need to be conscious of. Walk in the consciousness of the sea all the time. Paul said, I can do all things through what? When you know what you have in Christ, the first thing it does, it affects your possibilities and abilities. Somebody say it affects uh, possibilities and abilities. Yeah, when you know what you have in Christ, it affects your potential and possibilities. Let me look at this scripture quickly. Acts chapter 3 verse 1 to 6 quickly. Acts chapter 3. I want you to read with me. Look here. Now Peter and John went together to the temple of the ninth hour. A certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple which is called beautiful to ask alms from those who entered who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on them, with John, Peter said, look at us. Somebody say, look at us. Uh, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to do what? Expecting to? Expecting to receive? What was he expecting to receive? He was expecting to receive money. Is that not what he was expecting to receive? It's amazing the kind of things people expect. You are crippled. Yeah. yeah, I'm telling you. What you expect, except the mercy of God, you always get it. Praise God. If you expect poverty, poverty will come to you. If you expect failure, if you expect accidents, it will come to you. What you expect, will, the Bible says he was expecting to receive money. But this guy, his time was up. It was not about him. God was just uh, at his best. He wanted them to know something. Look at verse number six. Then, let's say this. Then said, silver and gold have I. Silver and gold have I have. I do not have. Silver and gold I do not have. I want you to take note of that. I do not have silver and gold. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Praise God silver and gold I do not have. But there's something else I have. Praise God. Peter at this point didn't have silver and gold. But there was something he had. But you see, in our case we have silver and gold and we have this one too. Oh, your amen is very sick. No, 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 no. In our case we have silver and gold. Later on Peter himself had silver and gold. Because as the ministry grew, the Bible said they came to lay it at the apostles' feet. But at this time, he didn't have much offering. So he says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. Such as I have. Turn to your name and say, you have something. Somebody say, I have something. You have something in Christ. You need to know it. Now look, this, this is a man, Peter, this is a fisherman. A fisherman who the other day, Jesus told him, cast your net here. So that business will boom. He couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe that that would be a possibility. I have toiled all night. And I couldn't do anything. How can you just say, cast the net and things will turn? What are you talking about? I'm older than you, boy. I know this thing than you. This is my work. You came for my boat. I've given it to you. You finished preaching. If you are finished, okay, go. Don't come and deceive me. I have not slept in the past 12 hours. I have not slept. And I was on the sea trying to cast something. I caught nothing. And you come to me giving me this kind of instruction. Then Peter said, listen. Jesus told him, listen. 
launched out into the deep. And when he heard it the second time, the first time he was just looking at Jesus as an ordinary man. But the second time, I'm sure Revelation hit his spirit. Launched out into the deep. And the Bible said, when he responded, he came out with great catch. This month, you experienced great catch. Yeah. When he responded in obedience, that's why I told you that instructions will bring you much more than prayers. Instruction. Launch out into the deep. That's all. I, I, a lot of people are in church. In fact, if you do pray for me, church, eh? Oh, in this city, pray for me churches are the largest crowd. Come. If, if I say we are doing 90 days of prayer, a lot of people will come forward to pray. Even when they don't know what you are praying about. They want to come. Now, that, no, 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 no. that is not to downplay on prayer. I pray, I breathe prayer, I live in prayer. But no matter who prays for you, if your head is not straight, you will fail. He gave him an instruction. He didn't pray for him. Not at all. Listen, if you go into scripture, the greatest in, in miracles that people encountered, it was not through prayer. It was through instruction. Yeah. I will show you the power of divine instruction. I will teach you about that. Do this. Do this. Do this. And it takes spiritual people to respond to spiritual instructions. Jesus told them, he said, fill the, the barrels with water. Ah, We say we want one. He said, fill the barrels with water. You too, Jesus, you don't hear or something. They said they want wine. He said water. He said do it first. And when they did it, he said when he finished, he said fetch it and go and give it to I mean, Jesus was crazy. He said fill it with water. So they went and fed the water and they knew they had poured water into the barrel. First, the instruction didn't seem correct. We want wine. You say fill it with water. That one we have to deal with it. We have overcome it. Filled it with water. Now he said, fetch it and go and give it to him. Listen, Jesus. Look, they said they want one. He said we should fill it with water. We have filled it with water. We know it's water in the thing. So what are you telling us? He said, fetch it. I'm sure Peter looked at him. He said, listen. May the corner say, Asemba. Me but the Bible says they fed it. And when they fed it, between the time they fed it and the time it touched the lips of the man, everything had changed. When you obey specific instructions, let me tell you, obey instructions. You come to church, we tell you, do this. Lift up your hands, your hands are down. That is an opportunity for God to heal some plague hidden somewhere in your body. Let's worship you. Say we are given to this specific assignment. He said, I know the inside. Praise the Lord. Instructions. Instructions. I have seen people change levels in the church. And for most of them, it was just uh, speaking with them in the office, telling them, do this, do this. And the moment they did it, things just turned around. Praise God. Yeah. Yeah. I don't waste prayer. God hears me when I pray, but I don't waste prayer. When I give you an instruction, I realize that you are not wasting, you are not acting on it. I watch one, two, three, you are not acting on it. When you come for me to pray for you, I just pray with my mouth, not from my heart, because I know it's not going anywhere. Number two, it enhances 
the effectual working of your faith. It enhances the effectual working of your faith. Now, you see, the point I was trying to let you know, Peter, who could not believe that Jesus could do all of these things? Now, he has come to a place where he knows he has something. When the fisherman tells you, rise up and walk, ah, he's not a doctor. No, he has seen something different. He's not a doctor. Say fisherman. He said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. That is operating beyond his natural abilities and possibilities. But he knew who he was. And he knew what he had. He knew he had the name of Jesus. Hey, may I tell you, you have the name of Jesus. Say, I have the name of Jesus. I can't wait to teach you on the power in the name of Jesus. You have the name of Jesus. I wish I had anointing oil. No, you had the name. Praise God. I wish I had special water from Israel. You don't need special water from Israel. You have the name of Jesus. The Bible said, at the name of Jesus, every knee bows and every tongue confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Can somebody say an amen? amen. His faith came alive. The reason why his faith came alive was because he knew what he had. He knew. The Bible says your faith comes alive when you acknowledge every good thing. Somebody say every good thing. The sharing of your faith may become effective by acknowledgement of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. Every good thing in you in Christ. Every good thing. So you have to know the good things in you in Christ Jesus. Number three. It frees you to serve God with joy and gratitude. It frees you to what? Say it frees you to serve God with joy and gratitude. Now listen, if you are going to serve God with joy and gratitude, you need to know what you have. Amen? A lot of us are not grateful to God at all. A lot of us. Because he wants a car and he has not gotten the car, he's not grateful to God. Because he wants a wife and he's not gotten a wife, he's not grateful to God. Now but let me tell you, listen, if you were dead, would you need a wife? A wise man said, people are in need because they don't know what they need. Are you with me here? Yeah. Say, oh, papa, 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 I, 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 I don't have a job. Listen, if you didn't have a degree, you need a job. Thank God first that, Lord, I have an opportunity of an education. That's where it starts from. I, I don't have a child. Listen, but you have a wife. If you have a child without a wife, people will look at you some way. I'm not communicating here. So thank God first, Lord, I thank. You see, most of the time, the reason why people's faith is not working they are so focused on what they don't have than on what they have. Because at every point in time, you have something. You may have a very difficult husband who doesn't want to give you any money. At least thank God that you yourself, you can also work and earn something. Don't sit down and enter into depression. And Papa, my husband doesn't give me money. My husband doesn't give me money. What of if your husband didn't give you money and you yourself, you couldn't also work at all? What will be your plight? What do I have in Christ? I'm not talking about what you have in your family. I'm talking about what you have in Christ. If any man be in Christ. Somebody say, if any man be in Christ. Now, where are you now? Where are you now? Say it. Where are you now? Okay, so you are in Christ. So now that you are in Christ, what do you have 
in Christ. How many of us want to know that? Two things and we'll close. One, in Christ I have eternal life. Somebody say I have eternal life. Say I have eternal life. Somebody say I'm in Christ. I have eternal life. In Christ you have eternal life. Everlasting life. Not the life you can lose. Have you met a Christian that they ask, when you die tomorrow, where will you go? He say, I don't know. Only God knows that one. That is an ignorant Christian. That is an what? Let me tell you this. If you don't know where you are going, when you die tomorrow, then you are going to hell. If it is heaven you are going, you know it without any certainty. You know the reason why a lot of people don't know? Because they think of something they have done. All the time, that's what they are thinking. I lied. I did this. I did So, all of that. No, 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 no. But that's not it. Today, I want to show you something about eternal life so that your mind will be at peace. Let me tell you. The most important thing you need is security. You hear me? One of the most important things people need, every nation needs, every relationship needs, is security. Somebody say security. Security, security is one of the most important things in life. Most important thing. There is no nation that can progress without security. You know what is happening in Angola now? Is it Angola? Guinea. Very sad. The place is, they put sanctions on them. Here, there. Why? After a short time, if they don't resolve the conflict, the economic situation in the place will go down. Businesses will not do well. People will not, people who travel there. Now, when people are traveling there, they they don't feel safe anymore. So, you see, when security is not in place, you cannot enjoy any place. I mean, can you imagine that you go to Guinea and you can't tell whether when you go out, police people, uh, the soldiers will just shoot you or not. So, you are not free. They have nice beaches. They may have nice beaches. They may have nice hotels, but you cannot enjoy them. Why? Because you don't feel, you don't feel safe or secure. Now, listen. If you don't feel secure in God, you cannot enjoy God. You cannot what? You cannot what? Yeah. And God wants you to enjoy him. So for you to enjoy him, the first thing he did when you accepted him as your Lord and Savior was to give you security. Somebody say security. Security. Say in Christ, Christ, I have eternal security. security. You are secure. Now, let me show you. Let me show you. Let me show you. John chapter 3 verse 16. Please get this. Get this. Understand this very well. Because if you don't get it, we are not going anywhere. Even if I have to close on that point, I will. But I need you to get it. Look at it with me. John chapter 3 verse 16. This is a very popular scripture. But we, have, we don't seem to understand it well or we will read it with a religious lens. For God so loved. Let's read it together. One go. For God so loved the world. Wow. But have have what? What is eternal life? Everlasting life. An unending life. Life that is forever. Everlasting. Ever what? Lasting. So it is lasting forever. Now look at the condition. Wait. For God so love. Read it with me. Please get it. It's, it's something small here. When you get it, you are gone. <laughs> For God so love that he gave that whosoever, uh-huh, uh-huh, 
Wait. Who qualifies to get everlasting life? The one who does not fornicate. Is that there? The one who does not steal. The one who does not drink. The one who does not uh, um, smoke. No. Do you see all of that there? What is the condition there? Whosoever believes. Somebody say believes. Whosoever believes. But we have read all kinds of things in there. We put all, that's why when I ask you, where you die tomorrow, where will you go? Say, I don't know. Because you are thinking about a lie you told yesterday. But what is taking you there is your belief in Christ. Somebody say, my belief. Say, my belief. Now, please, I need you to, I'm not in a hurry. I told you, I've been in ministry for close to 15 years. God told me last year that my ministry is just beginning. This is my foundation year. So I'm not in a hurry. I'm not in competition with anybody. I'm just laying the foundation and I need you to get this foundation right. Because if you get this foundation right, I'm gone for good. Whosoever believes in him should not perish but have what? Everlasting. Look at verse 17. He said, for God did not send his son to do what? To condemn but that the world might be saved. But, but that the world through him might be what? Now look at verse 18. Verse 18. <laughs> he said, he who believes, look, he who believes is not, is not, is not. The Bible said there is therefore now no condemnation for them who are in Christ Jesus. Somebody say, I believe. There's no condemnation for me. So listen, listen. Once you believe Jesus as your Lord and Savior, God has no legal locus to take you to hell when you die. He said, he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe in him is condemned already. Already. So it's not, there are people who think that when we die, that's when our destination will be determined. No. You are condemned already. If you don't believe in Christ, you are condemned already to hell. And if, now listen, if you can be condemned already because you don't believe, then you must also be justified already when you believe. So, no, let me, t- <laughs> no, no, I don't know whether you get what I'm saying. He said, he who does not believe is condemned already. Anybody who has not accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior is condemned to hell. Praise God. Condemned already. Condemned already. Yes, but because he has not believed in the name. Now, look at this. All of this, there is no one thing about behavior. Everything is about belief. And yet, our emphasis is behavior, 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 behavior. When you do this, when you do this, when. Now, listen, is it, is it, is it bad to behave? No. Don't go and say, Pastor said it's, not, it's bad to behave. What I need you to understand today is that going to heaven. It's not about your behavior. Yeah, yeah. No, you won't get it because, because your religious mind is playing very tri- hard on you. And it's okay. Let me show you three things and we'll close. Because, I mean, no, it's not, it's not uh, three things about eternal life. I was going to t- tell you, uh, I, I was going to do two things, but I couldn't do them. And we are just on eternal life. I said, I have what? I have what? In Christ, what do I have? In Christ, what do I have? Eternal life. You have eternal life in Christ. 
And I want to show you three facts about eternal life. And I close. You see, whatever I teach here, that's what they teach in all the churches. And so, when I'm not able to move forward, and they move forward, I, I, I stay behind. Uh -huh. But when the Spirit of God drives me like this, I also have to obey the Spirit of God. Praise God. Because a lot of believers are not enjoying God because they are always afraid. Always afraid. They've been living in fear all their lives. And the Bible said, through the fear of death, everybody is subject to bondage. You won't be in bondage again. Yeah. Listen, from today, you know why people cannot love God? Because they don't see what God has done for them. Now, listen, that should release you to serve God. Are you with me here? Look, one, eternal life is a gift. Somebody say it's a gift. Somebody say eternal life. It's a gift. Say so going to heaven. It's a gift. Eternal life is what? Somebody say eternal life is a gift. It's a gift. Nobody goes to heaven on his own merit. Nobody. Nobody. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Without holiness, no man shall. And we have kept people in bondage. Now, nobody is holy enough to enter heaven. But when you enter Christ, you become holy enough to enter. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When you are in Christ, Christ was the perfect sacrifice. So when you are in him, when, listen, when you are in the company of President Kufado, any door that opens to him, you will enter some. Am I communicating here? When you are also in Christ, any door Christ enters, you enter some. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Woo. Look at this. Romans chapter 6 verse 23. I just enjoy this. Woo. La grande. Hey, for the wages of what? For the wages of sin. But the gift of God is what? The free gift of God. He said, the wages of sin is there, but the free gift. Somebody say free. free. Why you say a gift? A gift is already free, but he wants you to get it because our mindset is that we are working for it. So for you to know that you are not working for it, he said the free gift of God, that is his remarkable, overwhelming gift of grace to believers. Believers in who? Christ. Whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He said the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So heaven is not end. Heaven is a gift. How did uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 put it? He said for by grace. Give me. For by grace what? For by grace are you saved. For by grace are you saved through what? Faith. And that not of your... It is... It is... Say it is. It is. Eternal life is what? Say in Christ, I am gifted with eternal life. In Christ, I have eternal life. Say in Christ, I have eternal life. Someday to come, I will show you the value of eternal life. What eternal life can do in you. It can dissolve cancer. It can dissolve any strange disease eternal life. When you come to know that, that is in you. 
look at the, the New Living Translation. For God save you. The same text. For God save you. For God save you by his grace. When you... When you... When you behave. When you cease from doing wrong. When you did what? Believed. He says... And you can't take you can't what? You can't take credit for this. It is. It is. You can't take credit for it. Can't take credit for it. What Jesus did, and you won't take credit for it. Who could save us? Not the best amongst us could save us. Only Jesus. He knew no sin. He made him to be sin that we might be made the righteousness of God. And you want to take credit for it? God will not do that. God will not allow that. That's why it takes humility for somebody to be saved. It takes humility because humble people know they cannot work their way into God's presence. That's why, that's why people who are not saved, you know, they're simply saying that they know what to do. They can pay their way there. My good works, when I build schools, when I do orphanages, when I do all of those things, then God will see me as a worthy candidate to enter. No, God said, you got it wrong. No matter what you do, the price that was supposed to be paid, you could never pay it, even if you have a million lives to live and you worked a million times, you couldn't pay it. So he gave it to you. Praise God. Somebody say it's a gift. Listen, and that gift is given the moment you say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Be my Savior and my Lord. When you confess, the Bible says, if you confess with our mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in our heart that God has received from the dead, we are saved. That moment, that gift is given to you. You may be here, you don't have that gift. You may be online, you don't have that gift. All you need to do is to just come to that simple acknowledgement. Lord, it's not of myself. It's not, he said, you can't take credit for it. It is a gift. Somebody say a gift. Now, number two, eternal life is a present reality and not an after-death expectation. After-death expectation. After-death, you know. Eternal life is a present. Somebody say it with me. Eternal life is a present reality. Say eternal life is a present reality. It's not an after-death expectation. Do you understand that grammar? Do you understand that construction? It's not that, how will you know? When you die, where will you go? Say, I don't know. It's because you think that where you will go after death, you decide it when you die. But if you remember the story that Jesus told about the rich man and Abraham, the moment the rich man died, his destination was already there. He couldn't change it. <laughs> Are you with me here? He couldn't change it. So, the, the only place you can decide where you will be in eternity is why you are alive. That's why you must not take your time on earth for granted. The moment a person dies, that's why doctrines like purgatory, when you die and then they will do something for you, then you will be ashamed. Or, no, it doesn't work anyway. If anybody has made you believe that, go and read the story of the rich man and Paul Lazarus. The moment you die, it is settled. Nothing can be done. Let me show you this. I think this will shock somebody. Because the spirit of God is telling me somebody is still struggling with something. Now, let me tell you. Now, if you needed, listen, if you needed to do anything, if your good works took you to heaven, your good works took you to heaven, then I'm wondering 
that murderer who was on the cross, what good work took him to heaven? Because the last work he did was to kill somebody. But on the cross, when Jesus, he said, I know you are the savior. It's almost like Romans. He said, you, you know that I'm a savior? You know you really believe that I'm a savior? He said, today you shall be with me in paradise. Today. Today. The day he believed is with him in paradise. Listen. Now listen. It means the moment you accept Christ, immediately your place in paradise is secure. Your place in paradise is what? Secure. That's why when a believer dies, we are not crying and mourning. Uh, see, listen, Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonians. He said, listen, don't be mourning as if we don't have hope. When somebody dies, it's not like we are confused. When Pastor Fakwa dies tomorrow, don't worry about me at all. Yeah, because my place is already secure. Yeah. It's because I am here and I'm going to be here with you for some time because my assignment is not over. Yes. But when I finish the assignment, I will just exit this body. Maybe you'll far past my body. And you are looking at me. I'm not there. I'll just be sitting up there watching you. Oh, my people. My people. My people. I'm not communicating here. That's it. Look at it. Eternal life. It's a present reality. Somebody said present reality. And not an after death expectation. Now look at John chapter 5, verse 24. Give me the amplified version of that. I know it because the Holy Ghost has told me. Praise God. Yeah. He said, most assuredly. So I'm telling you something that you should not doubt. I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in he who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but he has passed from death to life. Hey, 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 hey. He has passed. Somebody say he has passed. When you say you are past, how can you come back? You are past. Oh, you know what? The image that is coming to me, the image that is coming to me is the rich man named Lazarus. Abraham told him, he said, there's a gulf between the two of us. No one can pass from here to here. And no one can pass from here to here. When you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, you passed. And when you come here, you cannot go back here. You are past already. Somebody say, I passed. Somebody say, I have passed. Say, I have passed. Say, I have passed. Say, I have passed. Shout it, I have passed. First John chapter 5, verse 11 and 13. I'm almost there. This is one of the best teachings I've ever given. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Foundation. He said, this is the record. Somebody said, this is the record. Now, listen. <laughs> he said, this is the record that God had given us. God will give us. God may give us. God is considering giving us. <laughs> God is not sure about giving us. He said, this is the record that God has eternal and this life this life where is this life verse 12 verse 12 he said he who had the son had what uh-huh. he that had not the son had not life now look at verse 13 
I close with this. Who Kabiba? This thing. Somebody say these things. Who? Somebody say these things. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name. Oh, Kabo, that you may, that you may, that you have. Somebody say, I have. Do this, I have. Say, I have. I have. You have it. You have it now. It's a present reality. Not that when you die, you, you, no. you have it now. When you die, you are going to what you have now. You have. For those who are very religious. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you this. They that endure to the end, the same shall be saved. That's what people tell you. And they threaten to make you sure that you are not, you don't know where you are going. I know where I'm going. Somebody say, I know where I'm going. Say, I know where I'm going. Why? Because I know whom I believed. Paul said, I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep. I know whom I believed. If you don't know who you are believed, then you don't know where you are going. Look at John. I close with that. John chapter 10 verse 28, the Amplified Version. Speak in the language of my spirit with me for a moment. Now look at this. Let's look at the text and we'll close. He said, and I give them. Somebody say, I give them. Now if you have your Bible, just turn your Bible and read. He said, I give them eternal life. And they will, or oh, say it, they will ever. ever by enemies, and no one. Are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? He said, I give them eternal life. I give them. What Jesus gives you, nobody can take from you. He gave you eternal life. Somebody say, I have eternal life. Say, I have eternal life. Say, I have eternal life. Stand on your feet and thank God for eternal life. Pastor Afroakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuapa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services at our headquarters church, 6.45 a.m. to 8 a.m. for our first service, 8.30 a.m. to 9.45 a.m. for our second service, and 10.15 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. for our third service, and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. Locate us on the top floor of Nanama Ejakumar Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santati Runabout, Kumasi. Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on our YouTube and Facebook pages, Embassy of Life Chapel. God richly bless you.